Welcome everybody to Beat the Shift Baseball. This is episode 123 for Thursday now. Thursday, July 14th. We're recording later in the week than usual. I'm Alex Uwe. I'm here with Ray Estrada. Two-man game today, but we got a good one for you. It is the All-Star break as of right now. The game has come and gone. The Home Run Derby was probably the biggest event of the whole the whole festivities though so we'll talk a lot about that we'll talk about a very eventful weekend leading up to the all-star break uh of roller coaster of emotions if you're a yankees fan and some major league history in there as well and we'll also recap some of the draft a little deja vu with one of the the athletics first round pick this year so we'll, we'll get to all of that before we dive in i want to remind you guys to follow us at beat the shift bp on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's the easiest place to let us know what you think, let us know what you want to talk about, let us know your thoughts, or just say hi. At Beat the Shift BP is where to do that. All right, let's get to it. Ray, how you doing? Good. Good. Very, we're, we're straight today. to the point. <laughs> Drank today. I'm doing good. You yeah, we trivia after this. Let's do it. It's That's a good day. <laughs> Today's a good day. We are not wasting any time with... Uh, with pleasantries today we're gonna talk baseball so let's start with the home run derby because in my opinion that was the most anticipated part of this all-star weekend just because it was at Coors Field and the potential was endless the lineup of home run derby contestants I think we talked about this in past weeks more in depth but of course the lineup is gonna feature some of the best power hitters in the game in Coors Field no humidor whatever kinds of baseballs we're using nowadays the potential was limitless let's start with just your impressions of of how it how it went versus your expectations I I I thought it was really I I mean every home run derby is fun I actually kind of like this new format it's quicker Mm -hmm. there's no dragging out or anything like that but I mean Coors Field I, I mean, you saw a lot of just normal fly balls that just got out. <laughs> I think that, that was kind of fun to see. We kind of talked about this before. Like, didn't seem like there were super insane balls that you don't see um, during game because a lot of guys hit, hit like, third deck and stuff at Coors and Concourse at Coors every now and then. But, I mean, it was fun. We still got, you know, record home run stuff with Soda's 520. Um the altitude definitely played an issue with fatigue. Not even, you know, we thought we were going to see a lot of home runs, but that second round was a drag. And then you just have Alonzo, who had to have an oxygen tank somewhere back there. Just, <laughs> just, um, but it also, you had his, I, how was that Mets coach just pumping in strikes to Alonzo? Props to the pitchers. It, it, I, it was really entertaining. You had good storylines all around. I think maybe the least interesting guy going in was Salvador Perez. And he put up 28 in the first round and got beat by an absolute monster in Alonzo. And so, yeah, so I think everything um, went really well. I'm disappointed Joey Gallo didn't do much of anything, but uh, it, it, it was fun. Homer Derbys are always fun, especially watching the StatCast broadcast. That is way more fun and I don't know what to say interesting. It's just a lot nicer to watch than all the pageantry on the regular ESPN broadcast. The pageantry. I agree with you that the new format, it's not really new now, but this is the best format that 
I've seen of it, it's so much better than the I like that they the ten outs thing. Wait, they they went away from like having to wait for the ball to land to pitch again. It's just go. Yeah, there's makes, there's pros and cons. Getting camera work on it, chaos. But yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like you're cutting back and forth constantly if you don't let them actually land. But that's that part, the competitive nature of it. Um, even in that that first round, the highlight was Otani versus Soto, just having yeah. the sw- getting all the way through the tiebreakers and swing offs. The the suspense is is more developed than than in older ones. I feel like, but yeah, like you said, it it felt like yeah, there were more home runs hit maybe, but nothing nothing freakish, nothing freakish that you'd expect in terms of distance, just absolutely crushed balls. And maybe it's something about the ballpark. The stadium itself is really big. Maybe that plays a part, but I was a little underwhelmed by even the furthest looking home runs like Juan Soto, you say hit the new furthest home run in any home run derby that's tracked this way. It didn't even register at the time that like, oh my God, that was the furthest hit ball I've ever seen. You didn't even really notice is dwarfed by the, the size of the stadium. So a little disappointed just in that, but I'm, I'm nitpicking. I'm nitpicking. I love the home run derby too in general. So we talked a lot of the highlights from that thing. Alonzo ended up winning. Like you said, he's an absolute beast and a dad bod that, you know, Story that and you talked the storylines too. He ended up going up against Trey Mancini in the final round, and of course Mancini battled cancer all of last year and has made a very triumphant return as an All Star and and having a great season this year. Makes it to the finals of the Home Run Derby, has a really good round himself, and then Alonzo yeah. just smashes it. So he he was not playing for the storylines, uh, by. But no, he shouldn't be. He doesn't need to. Stories. That's not his responsibility at all. The the, the greatest moment of the, of the Homer Derby might have been the image of that kid getting helped off in the outfield. And then Alonzo just at home plate, just vibing, waiting for the kid to get helped off. What else are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. Man was in his zone. <laughs> yeah, some kid in the outfield suffered an injury. It was, yeah, you know, you hate to see it, but... I'm kind of surprised it doesn't happen more just given the the nature of the the balls that are hit out there and they're all just playing six flags up basically or three flags up six flags up three flags up whatever uh you know the it's game where every everybody just crowds around where the ball is gonna land and they all jump for it together when like amazing catch anything is one flag yeah. up because everybody is just it's a it's amazing it. that there's not more injuries out there uh yeah it was a very meme-filled home run derby day. Otani doing his doing his part, getting scared by the the Gatorade uh, girl assistant who was running out there to get him a drink between rounds. <laughs> Just ran Rose, right up behind yeah, him and uh, startled him. Uh, oh, and and of course him trying to uh, get into a Gatorade cooler after a round. He he sat down on top of the cooler, and on the other half he's trying to, he's trying to open it he's he's uh you're sitting on top of it bud you're not gonna get that thing open but he is precious we, <laughs> we love otani he was definitely the highlight 
insert the Dwight and Angela meme. Um, so Tawny and the and the ball girl, the Gatorade girl. Yeah, there, there's a lot of meme potential there, and Otani really was the whole, the whole weekend. Really, it, it's not really the whole yeah. All Star break, because of just his character, you know, the kind of person he is. And on top of that, being the first person to make it as a pitcher and, and hitter, and how is this going to work? There was so much talk around that. How will he perform? He did okay, other than getting eliminated in the home run derby. It was, he put up an okay fight, I, at least. Yeah, you know, having tie for the second most home runs. <laughs> was it really that much after... Uh, on, a, on a tie. Well, Alonso at 35, and I think Shohei and Soto tied at 31 after the time swing off and then soto hit went on the three swings mm-hmm. he hit all three home runs yep <laughs> yeah it's yeah and, but also too like he had all the storylines coming in and then he got an additional storyline we don't have to talk about it that much but that dumb Stephen a smith take about Choi otani not being able to be a face of baseball because he doesn't speak english that much um just came in and just i mean Outside of hitting a leadoff home run in the All Star game and winning the home run derby, kind of just stole the whole show. Whole show. Yeah, yeah, I I would say so. Uh, the game itself, I'm gonna be honest, I didn't watch the game. I wasn't able to. I watched first two innings and had to go to dinner. So <laughs> yeah, the All Star game is never the the main event of All Star weekend. Somehow, I don't mind missing Joe Buck and John Smoltz talking about baseball for three hours. Ah, what. <laughs> You know, that, that part aside, you can definitely just enjoy some of the, the highlights and the antics. I The live mics were, were – I love listening to the the hot mics that they, they give oh, to players. I don't like when they do it hitting. <laughs> oh, because, like – Wait. In the first inning, I, I they don't were know. In, they were Bogarts interviewing? Is up. Yeah, well, they did it last year, too, with Freddie Freeman, I think. And, like, he has some good – you know, Freddie Freeman was – Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. Talking to, they're talking to Xander Bogarts. And he's in a two-two count, two outs on the in the uh, top of the first against Scherzer, and Scherzer like is getting the sign, and like Joe Buck's like, oh, what do you think is coming? He's like, oh, fastball, and like Scherzer's in his windup, and he just throws the changeup and strikes him out. It's like, why are like you can tell Bogarts is like halfway into whatever fucking Smoltz is saying, <laughs> trying to ask him. I think that's why they do it at the All Star game is because the players don't really oh, care. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's it's just kind of fun to to even have an inkling of what's going through a batter's head while they're at the plate and something about just hearing when they're all mic'd up and you hear just every little every chain every every cleat digging into the dirt (laughs) um it's it it's more it's more like you're there I i want more of that i want more of that that sound work but we can't really have that during during actual games. No. It's it's a one time a year type of thing. I, I I think I think I think I I mean I wasn't watching it, but I was looking on Twitter. They had Liam Hendricks mic'd up maybe maybe during his pitching appearance. Yeah, and I think I think he, you know, like I don't know why you mic'd up a live pitcher because you said God damn it in the middle of it. it <laughs> I know, that's. Restraint <laughs> for him, I'm sure. Exactly. <laughs> I think he, I think he knew. I think he knew that going into it, just don't do anything that's gonna. What was it? So, so Corbin Burns walks Aaron Judge. You know, 
Corbin Burns walks nobody, but he walks the first guy he faces in the All-Star game on four pitches. Huh. And they're talking to Freddie Freeman at the time at first base. And like, oh, Freddie Freeman's like, oh, man, don't walk him. I don't want to look short right now. <laughs> so they're, so he walks him. Judge comes over. And he's talking. And he's like, he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm mic'd. And like, he like, Judge like takes the lead. He's like, oh, we're not going to hear from Aaron again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. That's the reality of it is – players don't always want to be on on alert knowing that there's there's live mics on them all the time and nobody wants to be baseball players or otherwise to have that knowledge that they're always being listened to you know maybe somebody your teachers or your parents tell you as a kid is don't say anything that you wouldn't say if i was there right and yeah you never know who's watching you never know who's listening that's yeah exactly that's just not how it goes though (laughs) all right well that that's about it for all-star weekend there's not that much yeah uh, outside of that youngest youngest all-star mvp the youngest mvp ever yeah sure why not yeah he's he's young he deserves it i think tatis uh, was mic'd up during that one too right during the home run yeah he was a very but you know off the back of the whole controversy about who can be a face of baseball you had Shohei Otani winning pitcher Liam Hendricks Australian save and um Vlad Guerrero uh Dominican national born in Canada uh MVP it's pretty sick that is pretty cool all right let's um Let's switch gears from the All-Star game. I, I don't think we... Nobody wants to hear about TikTokers that played in the, the Celebrity All-Star game. I, I don't think there was any major highlights from that. Um, JoJo Seawalk and Swing. That's all I took from it. There you go. There, I guess there were takeaways. Let's... Okay, so for more of this podcast, we're going to spend reflecting on what happened in the first half of the season and just kind of what stuck out the most to us and in i think the standings are the best way to look back and reflect because through the ups and downs and storylines week to week you really don't get a clear idea of where everybody stands going into the most important part of the season because you know if you're a yankees fan i'll just give an example you probably thinking we're the worst team in baseball just based on the last month of storylines going around them but they're three games over 500 whatever you want to say there's there's little things to do there or you know you can look at teams like i don't know the angels early in the season we're talking about like oh my god they're so disappointing they're wasting mike trout's prime but otati's amazing and you know, so many other things, and you you don't really ever see where they land in the, the grand scheme of things because the storylines shift so much. Um, all right. We can go division by division if you want. Yeah. Okay. I think, yeah, I think it's good. Let's start, let's start with your division. I say your division as our, <laughs> our Dodgers expert here. The not first place Dodgers are, they're pulling up, two games back of San Francisco, which I think five months ago, you would have been laughing in my face at that thought. 
Oh yeah, I, I mean, absolutely, yeah. I mean, Dodgers. Let's also not forget two games out of the best record in baseball. Um, that's just all credit to the Giants. I'll give credit where credit's due. They, you know, we all all expect them to fall off. Who knows? They they could still Posey's on the IL with a thumb injury. How does that affect his his uh, line going forward? Uh, but man, Gosman uh, is really good. Alex Wood has. Uh, been healthy this year. That's kind of what he's been missing. He's always been good. He just hasn't been healthy these last few years. Uh, they they found guys. Cueto's back to some form. I, I, is he hurt now? Still, I think Cueto's back in the IL. Um, possibly. Or he has been this year. He he has spent yeah, time there. But, yeah, but I mean that rotation. If Scafani has been <laughs> a good <laughs> for them. So yeah, it's you know they're a good team. The Padres seem to only care about playing the Dodgers, and they kind of forget to win against other teams and dominate other teams. So that's why they're always third coming into the Dodger series. It seems <laughs> big series uh, Monday, uh, starting Monday, Dodgers Giants for four, uh, four games in LA. Uh, yeah, Dodgers will still they'll remain in Colorado for this weekend to play. A three game series against the Rockies, and then the Giants will be coming from St. Louis for uh, a threat series. So that so that's already a big series into the second half. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and then you have Colorado and Arizona. Colorado who has hasn't even won ten road games yet. <laughs> Arizona is Arizona. <laughs> yeah, Arizona might be the most interesting team to watch out of this division, just to see where their their final record ends up. Because this is an already last place contender when healthy, but you subtract your best starting pitcher in Zach Allen for much of the year and your best position player, Cattell Marte. And what are you left with? You're left with Eduardo Escobar as your all star. <laughs> and you're left with historic losing streaks and just a really pitiful overall record. They After are unofficial no hitter. Yeah. Yeah, they, they they looked like they had some stuff going for them early in the year. Not so much these days. And Colorado is probably the team that we ragged on the, more than anybody in baseball coming into the year. Colorado is the team that we thought was going to be in the Diamondbacks. Yeah, position, right? they have 14 more wins than the Diamondbacks. Yeah. The Pittsburgh Pirates, also one of the worst, eight more wins. The The Orioles are, are doing their thing and, and keeping pace, kind of. They still only have better than the Pirates. They only have better than the Diamondbacks. Yeah, they only have two more wins than the Diamondbacks. With and that's twenty eight. So, I I am always interested to see which, which team has the, the best, tank potential, in, trying to field some of the. The worst, players out there. It's it's really fascinating. To watch. I mean, it's got to be Arizona, right? Because like they have a piece they can sell in Escobar, at the deadline. Yeah, I think they end up selling Escobar. I wouldn't be surprised if. If Marte gets healthy in time to trade him, if they move him too. That would not be surprising either. Yeah. Move anybody that they can, and of course Trevor Story. We'll talk trade deadline stuff in a future podcast. We'll table that until then. Yeah. How about that. Um. So that's the West. NL Central is tight as it usually is the brewers are leading the pack there which is I interesting i did not think the brewers are gonna 
get this hot. Like, I knew they had good pitching. I, I mean, I don't think anybody predicted Burns is going to be what Burns is. Mm-hmm. And Woodruff is still Woodruff. And Brady Peralta has been really good for them. I mean, three all-star pitchers and Josh Hader. And, yeah, they went on that, what, 11-game win streak? Mm-hmm. And the Cubs sucked after no-hitting the Dodgers. So just stranglehold on that division. They're, it's only four games now over Cincinnati, which is surprising. But that is such a volatile division. It, mm-hmm. That's The other two NL divisions, I mean, even the, the West with the top three teams, it's going to be fun to watch. But see the other two divisions, all five teams should get hot outside of maybe the Pirates. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And the Brewers doing all of this without their without MVP caliber Yelich, he's got he's his OPS is somewhere around a seven fifty I think he's getting on base okay but he's not hitting for any power. But they made the magical trade. Getting called out on weird uh, calls. <laughs> they made the magical trade to get. Willie yeah, Adamas. Yeah, Adamas has been really and good he, for them. And that was really the turning point for them. Somehow, that's all it, that's all it took. It, one of the more interesting... Somehow, they got an Orlando Arcia clone and got better. Yeah, <laughs> really, it really felt that way. They were such similar players uh, for such a long time. And now he puts it together. That's going to be an ext- one, maybe the, the trade of the season... Especially in the early going, if he continues to play this well, um, yeah, very underrated. Like, like the Rays aren't mad because that opened up Wander Franco and Taylor Walls and Vidar Bruhan. So yeah, they got rid of the blockage and he's thriving somewhere else. That's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, the Reds remain really interesting with the kind of lineup and pitching that they have, but um, they've they've cooled down significantly. They were the best hitting team for a yeah. long time. The Cardinals and the Cubs, they're right there. They're always right there. They can make enough of a move to to sneak in there. They just they Cubs seem are to do that a lot. Pretty much selling at this point, according to Jed Hoyer. Yeah. The Cardinals so be might be in better shape than the Cubs. Yeah, the Cardinals are in better shape. Cardinals can get hot. They can. The devil Cubs magic got is hot real. And then lost eleven straight. Yeah. The National League East is probably, it might be the best division in baseball in terms of talent. The AL East is close as well. The NL West, if you just take the top-heavy side of it, of course, Yeah, if there you take too. the top three teams in the NL West. I, I just yeah. mean top to bottom. Really good teams across the board. You have the Washington Nationals, which field it, it might, really might be the most like top heavy teams all in one division. There's a lot of really good players on these teams, but then like there's a reason, you know, the Mets are three and a half games up with the seven games over five hundred record. Yeah, they they maybe don't take it to to every everybody in other divisions that they play. Yeah. They're eating each other alive. They beat e- they beat each other up a ton this year, especially. Nobody's pulled ahead. The you got the Braves and the Nationals under five hundred at the break. Very unexpected. The Marlins playing really well for them, thirty nine and fifty record. But for the team that they field, 
Yeah. They're doing pretty darn well. They they really haven't yeah, made a, moves. You know, <laughs> you know, like at any point in time, they just they put they it got together. A, uh, rookie of the year front runner and uh, Taylor Rogers and it, yeah, be Jazz Chisholm, another right, guy. Taylor, Jazz Chisholm, lovely. They uh, they make Aguilar it work. Still doing whatever Aguilar does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, you know, top to bottom, I think the best most yeah. balanced division the Braves losing Acuna is huge yeah that is a big one which we have not and talked about and they're pitching <laughs> to this point and they're pitching yeah yeah and their pitching struggles um are concerning they're not going to get Soroka back uh because he retore his is not his heel uh Achilles mm-hmm. but he had already had setbacks Freed is whatever this year Ian Anderson's doing good but I mean Morton's not what they thought they were going to get and yeah, their that pitching depth, which worked well in the playoffs when it was about three and a half, four deep, does not sustain 162 games. Yeah, this year is going to be with an underperforming lineup. There's a chance that they sell some pieces this year, for real. Yeah. And I think Acuna getting injured really makes that an easy decision or an easier decision, uh, sitting one game under 500 at this point. I. I, I can't see it without without the guy that makes everything go at this point. Because Freddie Freeman's great, but he isn't... Nobody can carry a team, even if he's a really good hitter. Uh, Marcelo Zuna and everything he's done doesn't help either. So that's the National yeah. League for you. I, I don't know. I It's really, really a weird year in terms of predictions like national league is going to be fun to watch i i don't know if anybody could have predicted this exact outcome no this is the first time the mets have been in first place at the break since 2007 i think mm-hmm. is what i saw that's a long time so and the and it's the phillies that are in second who haven't had a winning season since 2013 and still have one of the worst bullpens ever somehow yeah. still just can't figure out that bullpen so american league side We'll start in the West again. Houston is in first place. They still have a really good team, despite losing Verlander, despite not having Cole. Like they just they get it done. They got young pitching, and they have a really good lineup. Jose Altuve is still really good. Jordan Alvarez, Carlos Correa, Yuli Gurriel has been really good. They they, Michael Brantley. They've got a solid lineup. Kyle Tucker. They might have the best lineup in. Yeah, Bregman is having a down year for that lineup. Breg, yeah, without Bregman, who is not playing super well when he was playing and has been injured for a little bit now, they still right. might just have the best lineup in the American League. It's The Blue Jays, I think, are close. The White Sox, when healthy, are close. The White Sox are really banged up right now, and they're still winning games, so kudos to them. But Eloy's on a rehab assignment, so... Yeah, Houston... He's is looking strong. The Oakland days are always there. They're lurking three and a half games back. I don't really have much more to say about them. <laughs> what can you say? I mean, the, yeah, no, the A's are going to do what the A's do. They're, they're going to linger. They might go on a run and win the division. They might go on a run and make the division close and then lose in a wild card game. But, uh, I mean, Seattle's sitting five games above 500. I think that's the most surprising team this year. 
Seattle might be the most surprising team. It's I was going to say the third and fourth place teams in this division really are the most interesting to watch, which of course means that one of them would have to leapfrog some very good teams in Oakland and or Houston to to really have a shot yeah. at making the playoffs because well the AL East is not is not going without at least one wild card team too. So yeah, your wild cards are probably coming from your AL East and AL West runner-ups. Right. And we we say that and I look at the Central and somehow the Cleveland Indians are right right in the same territory as the Angels, as the Mariners, as the Yankees, as the Blue Jays. They're right there too, somehow, yet again. <laughs> I don't know how they do it. I really don't, especially this year. Like, where, also, where's their production coming from? Essentially, I mean, I guess Cesar Hernandez has been good for them this year. He could be a possible seller. Again, we're not, not necessarily talking strict trade deadline stuff, but... Um, We've seen them move on from young pitching and Clevenger and Bauer. So they're, those guys outside of Bieber might be on the market. It'll be interesting to see what they do. I mean, but if they're in contention for Walker spot. But that that um, uh, franchise is so cheap that they could sell in first place. They definitely could. <laughs> Just get contracts off the book. And we have Minnesota quietly stinking it up probably the most disappointing team this year uh yeah most surprising team the giants in baseball mariners also there most disappointing has to be the twins and then you got your yankees your the teams that are always in there like the net i don't know the nationals maybe but yeah minnesota man 39 and 50 record yeah but everything that the yankees and the nationals are doing you look at those teams like, okay, this makes sense. Like, in a way, you could have seen this coming. The Twins, I don't know. Like, how does everybody turn bad at once? I don't know. I just can't find a way to win games. I don't know what to tell you because they were the leaning hard on like a starting pitcher. They were <laughs> leaning hard on Byron Buxton of all all players that they had yeah. to carry them, and then he gets He's injured. Two big injuries. Yeah, it's uh, it's a rough go for them. Not much more to say. Uh, the White Sox, like I said, have been battered by injuries, but they keep playing, and keep playing well. So somehow Tony Larusa gets that team to go. <laughs> the team. I don't know if it's despite him, or if. <laughs> the team at this point is probably uh putting out four or five players in their lineup that you've never heard of before with that's legitimate yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna give a concrete example uh if i can sunday lineup like the last game yeah let's see um oh i wish this was easier probably yep okay sorry We're taking a brief moment to do this on the fly. <laughs> I cannot. That was... Dates are hard. <laughs> it was the 11th on Sunday. Um, yep. Yeah, uh, Eloy is hurt, almost back. Grandal just got hurt. He's out four to six weeks. Um, Adam Eaton just got DFA'd. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, they're starting. So their top three, you know, Tim Anderson, Yon Moncada, Jose Abreu. Brian Goodwin is their cleanup hitter. If you didn't know, he's there. Oh, my God. Adam Engel, Leary Garcia, uh, Andrew Vaughn, who is a good you know, top prospect type of guy. Um, yeah. I don't even know this guy's first name. Um, I have to – Gavin Sheets. Gavin Sheets is their first baseman. Oh, my God. And I have to look up everybody's first names here because I just don't know. Sebi Zavala. Was Tyler, Tyler Mendick in that lineup? No, I think it's Danny. I think it's Danny Mendick. Danny Mendick? Okay. I don't know. Doesn't matter. How did we... Replacement. Yeah, how did we end up here? <laughs> how did we end up looking at a random... How does the team manage by a guy who's stuck 20 years in the past and Tony Russo, banged up by injuries, managed to be uh, leading the Central by eight games? I really do not and... know. But we... And second tied or i guess third in the league the american league in wins <laughs> yeah i don't know how we got here i'm gonna be honest we kind of fell into a a state of paralysis with the white Sox, but uh we're gonna we're gonna move and past that mercedes fell off and he, and he got demoted <laughs> we're gonna escape <laughs> the white Sox vortex of interest here and we're left with the AL East, which has the surprising Boston Red Sox in first place still. The Rays are right behind them. The Blue Jays and the Yankees are both really good teams. Sitting in that 45-win wild card tier of madness that will be really fun to watch the rest of the season. So we can use that as an opportunity to just talk about the Yankees for a second and the weekend that they had because... For one, you have Garrett Cole, who since the whole pitching foreign substance crackdown has been pretty shaky and goes out at his first start back in Houston and absolutely shuts it down, throws, what was it, 129 pitches for a complete game shutout and shouts at his manager to stay in the game in the ninth inning to do so, which, you know, if you're going to do that. Three straight fastballs at 99 to strike. Jordan Alvarez out to end it. Yeah, if you're going to do that, you better get it done. And he did. Great feeling for a Yankees fan. And then a day later, we have... Especially with the winning run, the only run that game being the Judge uh, home run with the Jersey Troll. Yeah. Another six-run ninth inning given up by the Yankees. It's like the third one in a week, it feels like. I don't know. It's It's too much. It's too much. And that one wasn't even Chapman. Aaron Boone learned his lesson like Chapman. He's not feeling it. We're not we're not using him here. And uh, they instead sent Chad Green to his demise, giving up the Jose Altuve home run. So that happened. Thanks for ending the first half on a good note there. I don't know. I don't have anything else to say about that. That's the season in two days wrapped summed up by the Yankees there. Pretty much, yeah. Yep. Um, they have one less day of rest after the All-Star break because they play Boston Thursday through Sunday where everybody else starts, starts back up Friday. Is this a makeup game or is this just a, a Sunday night no, or a I Thursday night baseball series. game? Yeah. It's probably just to be a primetime feature. TK is not happy about... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, during the All-Star Home and Derby stuff, it was like, 
of the Yankees are on ESPN Thursday and Sunday night. I assume they'll be on Fox Saturday and something Friday. It's the Yankees Red Sox. Get just give it to them. It's interesting. The Red Sox are actually good. So at least they got that. Yeah. But yeah, but the Red Sox weren't supposed to be good this year, but they still got like probably five Sunday night baseball games against the Yankees. There the you go. Dodgers Giants have none, I don't think. Nah, that's going to be a good series, Giants though, like you said. Good, that's still fun. Like you said. Yeah. All right, Pablo Lopez on, what was that, on Friday now? It was a while ago, that weekend before. Yeah. Struck out nine batters in a row to start a game. Never been done before. And he did that on 35 pitches. For those of you who might need a little help on the math side of things, to strike out nine batters, you need to throw at least 27 pitches. So he only needed eight extra pitches through those those three innings where he struck out nine in a row to start the game. That's crazy. He was just surgical. Nobody could touch him. And I'm going to be honest, I don't even know how he finished the game out. It was probably a pretty good line to finish if uh, if that was the first three innings. <laughs> I'd wager. Sure, it was a good fantasy start regardless. Yeah, yeah, it does. All right, there was also some weird stuff that I want to make mention of before we wrap up our podcast for today. So this was a week ago now at this point, but... Last Thursday, I believe, yeah. Yeah. Mr. Daniel Camarena, who you have no business knowing his name other than this thing that he did, hit a grand slam off of Max Scherzer in the Padres National Series in San Diego. And that helped fuel an 8-0 comeback also. This guy is a relief pitcher who has had two professional plate appearances ever. Minor leagues included eight years, eight plus years, I think, for this guy. Doesn't hit at all. Just some random relief pitcher, not even one that you would know out of the Padres bullpen. And he hits a grand slam off of Max Scherzer. For garbage time stuff after Darvish gave up eight runs. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Yeah, garbage time bullpen guy. That's it was the most unbelievable thing ever. Petco's going crazy. Something about Petco Park and pitchers defying all odds to hit home runs. You have Bartolo Colon. And then this one, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I'm gonna go ahead and say it. This is even more unlikely than Bartolo Cologne, if you ask me. At least Bartolo played in the majors against well, major yeah. league pitching for years. Like he sw- he swings the bat. It's he had more. Well, I mean, he just, had just more chances. Actual sheer chance. Yeah, he had more. Yeah, more he attempts. Had, he had he had more raw chances, let alone a probably better ability to hit big league to hit big league pitching than this guy. Yeah, <laughs> and off an old James Shields. This is off of Max pitching. Scherzer. Oh my God! I can't. It's it doesn't sound real. Oh yeah, you just insulted James Shields. James Shields, for Fernando Tatis, who says no. Fernando Tatis also defied physics this time. I don't know. We're defying stuff. He had a catch on a line drive where he double jumped. He leapt in the air and then kicked his legs and somehow gained elevation again. It, of course, that's not how physics actually is i don't think but 
the optical illusion of the way he kicked his legs made it look exactly like like a video game double jump. It was awesome. Uh, last weird thing that I teased at the top of the show. We didn't talk about the draft at all, mostly because I don't really have anything to add about the draft, and there's no impact on teams for a long time. No, I, and this and this draft was it was basically a bunch of there wasn't a consistent number one this year. It was a bunch of high school shortstops, and then the kid who went number one, the catcher from Louisville, and he's going to the Pirates, so that's irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. Uh. The most interesting thing is probably the A's drafting Max Muncy. Yes. Yes, Max Muncy, who we've talked about the oddity before on this podcast. But in the first round, which the A's back with the Dodgers, current Max Muncy also drafted. So they're two for two on drafting Max Muncy's that come up through uh, through the draft. And yeah. it's just weird deja vu. He's got the same birthday as same Dodgers birthday. Max Muncy and is drafted by the same team. And and according to some records, they're the only two Max Muncy's in the U.S. Yeah. And they might it might they might be two of three Max Muncy's in the entire U.S. And yeah. They both play baseball and they're both drafted by the A's and they both have the same birthday. It's just weird stuff. Weird glitch in the matrix yeah, type I'm of really stuff. I'm really excited for 2027 to come along when the when the A's DFA him and the Dodgers pick him up and turn him into an all-world shortstop. Yeah, according to my notes, that is the natural that is the natural progression for all Max Muncies. Wouldn't it be amazing if both Max Muncies were hitting in the same lineup back to back? It has to be back to back because then you have you, you can have an announcer say. They're pit, They're gonna pitch around Muncie, to take a crack at Muncie. Like there's no. Muncie. There's you can't win. There's no winning. You can't face two Max Muncies in a row and expect to win. Definitely not. All right, that is gonna do it for our podcast today. There, yeah, the All Star break is pretty chill in general. Um, I, I, it makes it makes you miss baseball just for a few days in the middle when you when you open up your MLB app or. You're going to check scores however you normally do, or you're, you're wanting to watch some highlights, and there's just nothing there except for, like, the All-Star game and just random sound bites from live mics. It's not the same. You're like, huh. You, you really take it for granted during the season when you just have all of that going on, and then it's the few days during the All-Star break, and especially after the season with the off season where you really feel it. You're like, man, where are my games? Give me my games back. So we'll we'll have him back in a couple of days. The players shall rest up and hopefully get healthier. That was a really injury riddled first half of the year. So yeah, that is going to do it for today. Thanks everybody for sticking around to this point. If you did, and wait, wait, what what am I saying? Oh yeah, what? I don't know. I totally tripped over my words there. But if you're still here and Subscribe, you enjoyed, follow. I don't know. Yeah, follow us. What he said. Uh, subscribe you can leave us a rating wherever you're listening to this uh leave comments we like we love to hear those and yes follow us at beat the shift bp twitter facebook instagram that's the best place to chat with us we want to hear from you guys we want to want to get to know you so yeah all that good stuff beat the shift baseball.com for podcasts 
articles, anything else we do will be there. We're on YouTube. We have our faces right here. If you're not watching on YouTube, hi, you should, you should come check us out there, subscribe there, and you can come hang out, listen to the podcast with face cams. So yeah. Thank you everybody. One last time as always, Ray. Peace.